0: I had to pick up Isaiah Thomas full court, so so Isaiah Thomas hated being picked up full court, hated it, right? So I was picking up full court, and then Rick Mahorn came and hit me with a screen, and I, I I swear I thought I hit a wall. I mean it, he hit me so hard, right? So so Isaiah Thomas, at next possession goes, hey young fellow, I don't mind you picking me up, you know you can do a little fake hustle, but it, 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 don't be out here trying to trying to embarrass me now. He,
1: Showtime with Coop is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media
2: Network.
0: Against my, my my favorite player of all time in Magic Johnson, and then to play with the best player that was in that same era of going the NBA, you know, I was, I was blessed in the era I played in.
1: Yeah, I, I was just telling Coop, like, I remember all the game, the series, back to my first recollections are 84, 85. Yep. So I remember 84, 85, 85, 86, 86, 87, all those finals appearances. But my favorite ever Celtic season is ninety ninety one. Mm-hmm. That season, D, if he didn't get injured and McHale didn't hurt that foot, yeah. you guys would have went up against Coop and the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Cooper, were you retired by then? No, you I was I was
2: done. then. You would have had um, yeah.
1: We would have had uh, the Lakers, you you know. It it, it would have been Terry Kegel. (laughs) Oh, boy. Bird would have had a field day, let me tell you. But (laughs) but the point is that, like, the way fate works, right, he got injured. Because you guys were better than the Bulls that year. You were better all season long. And Reggie was on his way. I mean, it was just made, like, it was gold.
0: Here's the funny thing about that year. Um, We went into the all-star break. I think we thirty 36-5. and And our coaches were all star coaches. And my rookie yep. game dunk contest that year, you know, Bird mckellen Paris was uh, was um, an all star game, and we thought we had a chance. And Larry got hurt, you know, and then Kevin hurt his foot and kind of st- struggled a little bit and lost the number one seed. And I think that's one of the reasons why. In, that's in the reason. Detroit, that was that year Detroit beat us, and then they beat Chicago and got Chicago.
1: To the- no, no, Chicago beat them.
0: So, so I thought that was our opportunity during my during my time with, the, with, with Bird mckellen Parrish winning championship. D, I remember. I got. I'm sorry, That's I'm not being not the,
1: such a fanboy. Okay. I I remember skipping I can- s- skipping high school, right? Uh-huh. For game one, I think it was. Bird was in traction after game five, so it's game one against the Pistons. Bird's out. I think Zeke was out too but I remember a a pigeon flew out onto the parquet floor and everybody started chanting, Larry, Larry, they had a Bruins game that night. So they put the game on during the day. So I faked six so I could watch it and record it, you know, on a VHS. They're all chanting, Larry, Larry, Larry. Remember? Oh man, that was just the best. Sorry, Coop.
0: No, he's hijacked. I'm going to tell you a quick story. And this is more of a personal story. Other than magic, and I'm, I'm being really honest here. Other than magic, my other two favorite players was Dennis Johnson and Michael Cooper. Because they they brought an element to the game of defense, which I really thought I will like. I, I knew that was we could be part of my calling card. So I had an opportunity. Obviously, DJ passed away to obviously be mentored by him, you know, and him teaching me, you know, how to count dribbles, you know, how to, you know, you know, play how pass. To, the,
2: wait, wait, wait! How to do what, game? Count dribbles on <laughs> the offensive player.
0: Yeah, when you're playing defense, he taught me how to count dribbles.
2: Said, no kidding. I mean, explain what, I, what is I, that? That's what made him so. I always wonder what he's to count dribbles.
0: <laughs> yeah. You not know how to count dribbles. So what happens is he said, D, this is what you do. Every player bringing the ball up the court has a dribble pattern when they're comfortable and uncomfortable. It's a one, two change or it's two, one, two hesitate change. So he said, watch their pattern when they're comfortable. Because they're always going back to that pattern when they're under pressure. So when they're, when you're pressuring them on defense, they're always going to do a one-two between the legs, one-two behind, whatever they're going to do, or one-two spin, whatever, or one, one-two, whatever. So he said, watch the first part of the game when you're watching the game and see how see their figure out their dribble pattern, what they do when they're comfortable when there's no pressure. Then we put that heat on them. Now when they get really pressure, they're always go back to their, they're always going to go back to that comfort platter because they know they can do it really well. So that's why DJ's always pick the ball off people. Yeah, because he count
2: dribbles. <laughs> no kidding. That, that is what? fascinating. So I like to think I'm learning. To, I, I, you know, I, I, yeah, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, that is. And you picked that pattern up from DJ, and that helped you in your defense. Great. D- was, I, I, I never knew that. I didn't either. I, D- D- that's actually pretty. You know what? Yeah.
1: Thinking about I, it, though, you could see how he was he, he was stealing the ball that way because you know you see guys go up and then come up high, and he would pick the pocket so quick and tap it right to the back.
2: And he would always just steals in the fourth quarter when they need them. <laughs> now I know why. Because the first half he's watching. He was, was counting. Yeah. yeah. And I always knew that guy was special, man. DJ that's that's DJ brilliant. That was that's good. brilliant. Uh, uh, D want to go back to a little bit more about the DJ, the counting dribbles and stuff <laughs> like that. That is so amazing to me because I never thought about doing that. Yeah. I think uh, uh, unconsciously I would watch people how they dribble, but I never thought about counting the dribbles. Yeah. Coming down, you know, and now that you, now that I think about it, Isaiah Thomas had a pattern. Magic yep. had a pattern, and that's yep. what made D, uh, DJ such a great defender because all his steals would come in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, but he yeah, told me that my rookie year. He said, "Listen, you want to be a great defender, on the ball defender, uh, you play two things: you play guesses and you play angles. But you got to understand patterns." And he said, you gotta learn how to count dribbles. I said, what does that mean? He told me, told me the whole story about how to count the dribbles, different guys dribble patterns, where they're comfortable, uncomfortable, under pressure. Um, and I would get still. So I got a lot of still off the bike, long arms, I get a lot of grips like, off, off, off off players late in the quarter when they get pressure. Um, and again, when you're a student of the game, like DJ was, that that things were taught me. And I would watch you because you you would know how to blow up screens, you would guard the best defender, like those type of things that I watched. And, I, you know, again, I wasn't, you know, DJ was 6'4", you 6'6", you know, so my, I was a smaller guard, but I always wanted to guard the best person and be able, to, be able to know how to guard somebody. On the ball, like DJ was great at, and you were great guarding people off the ball. And, you know, basically when they got the ball, kind of, you know, like locking them up. You know, it was, you know, th- th- those things is that I don't, I don't think enough players nowadays really study the game. Like, like, look back at history and look at how people defended or rebounded or shot or come off screens and things like that. Um, so it's, you know, again, with, with, with DJ, I remember I had to pick up Isaiah Thomas full court. So so Isaiah Thomas hated being picked up full court. Hated it, right? So I was picking up full court, and then Rick Mahorn came and hit me with a screen. And I, I, I swear I thought I hit a wall. I mean, it, he hit me so hard. Right, so so I said, Thomas the next possession she goes, "Hey, young fella, I don't mind you picking me up. You know, you can do a little fake hustle, but it, 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 don't be out here trying to trying to embarrass me. Now, you, you can pick me up, and it, 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 if, 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 you, if you pick me up the right way, I'll call the screens for you because Chief is back there. Okay. So, so I'm just picking him up a little bit, and then he goes, screen and I go the screen right. Now go so he's like, okay, we gonna we gonna help each other." You act like you people. I ain't gonna let you get your head knocked off. So people don't do that no more. You know that's how we do it back in the day. We look out for each other. But that was that was my Isaiah Thomas story. Like he really looked out for me. I think I hit my horn Mahorn out one time. He said, "You don't want to hit like that again, do you?" I go. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know what, D? I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna move on to the next thing. Is that uh, my best DJ, or Larry Bird story? Was it 85? And DJ told me this because we were very good friends, you know. But during the season, I didn't talk to him. I wasn't, you know, hey, Coop, he tried to talk to me. But all season we'd break bread and that whole thing. But he was telling me uh, in 84 when the Celtics were beating us, there was a play and Casey Jones was trying to draw up a play. And he was trying to think about something like that. And Larry, <laughs> Larry looks over at him and takes his hand and, Wipes off the whiteboard and said, Hey, man, fuck this. Give me the
0: ball let you motherfucker get out the way. <laughs> well, he still did that. He still did that. I mean, he with HA. See, Chris Ford was a coach when I was there. So Chris Ford actually played with him when they won a the championship and then became the head coach. And he would do the same thing to Chris Ford. he like, Man, don't give me those tricky plays. Give me some tricky plays. Like, man, I want to man, give, give me the ball. And we're going to do it like, you know, you thought know, you come down. Old school, you come down, just straight post up, put it in. And just play <laughs> like right you going to guard me or not you're going to double what you're going to do you know so th- those are the days where I, that's just joy you know our era we play uh not saying this era is not great to look at but our era was just so much fun because there's so much competition it was you know it was friendship after the season you know and we really didn't kind of like you said we didn't communicate during the season obviously we didn't have phones and social media and Insta, all that stuff so we knew when we stepped on the court, it was going to be a battle, you know. And then, you know, off season, hey, we break bread, go over, can hang out, you know, whatever. But not during the season, we were not, you know, that that definitely how it worked back then.
1: D was DJ around the team uh, a lot that year because he, he, yeah, he was he just, assistant coach.
0: He was assistant coach that year. He was in '91. Yeah, yep, he was assistant coach. He was there. Wow.
1: Right. Yeah, that's great because that was, was that a they released him that year or he, he retired? Yeah, that,
0: well, I got a lot of flack because the year I got there drafted, that's the year DJ retired. and Brian,
1: yeah, and Brian Shock came
0: in. They're like, well, who's this young kid from Jacksonville that weighs 155 pounds coming to, you know, replace Dennis Johnson? I'm like, I'm not here to replace Dennis Johnson. So, you know, I ain't no fan that year. So basically, I was replacing Dennis Johnson. So I was kind of like, well, you know, he ain't DJ. So, DJ, you know, obviously. You know, taught me a lot and, and and kind of like, hey, this young kid, you know, he's going to be all right. You know, you know, so it, it was good. But he was around, which helped my transition a lot my rookie year.
2: You're listening to Showtime with Coop. Our guest, D. Brown, uh, one of the greatest mm-hmm. Boston yeah. Celtics player. I hate to say that, D, but, you know, <laughs> I got to give you your honors and stuff I, like I that. Uh, Dee, uh I want to give a shout out to one of my sponsors. Hello, Fresh. You look like a guy that's real. You eat well and you do things. Do you cook, Dee?
0: No, um, I do. I barbecue a little bit, um, but HelloFresh is great because I know my daughter uses HelloFresh and gets stuff to delivered. So I know it's a, it's a great, it's a it's a great company that has great food.
2: Fantastic food! I got some. Uh, make this about five or six times, D. Mm-hmm. I'm a cooker. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, my first wife got divorced from my first marriage. I'm remarried now. I've been married to my wife now. We've been together for 20 years, but we've been married for 15. And uh, the food that you get there is so fresh, and I'm actually shocked because I, they send you a little menu and things yeah, like that. Yeah. to show you how to cook. So if you don't, and your daughter—we're gonna get in, to her in a minute—probably yeah. knows about this because it's some of the. I mean, it's fresh food. It's delivered to your door. Don't yeah. have to go out and battle the grocery stores and do any picking. They pick the best food for you. So Dee, we're gonna try to get you some HelloFresh sent to you yes, one I, time so you can see. I, 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 do you cook? Yeah. Do you yeah. cook? You do a little bit, but your wife mainly does the cooking. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, See my yeah, family yeah. I cook. My wife's from Sweden, so I don't eat that okay. that, that food <laughs> don't have taste to it or flavor, so I do <laughs> She's gonna kill me when she hears this, but uh Hello Fresh. Okay, we're gonna get you some D. Make a fast break
1: to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Do all your sports wagering on FanDuel for great promotions daily, safe and secure app, and get paid instantly. Always, always looking at the lines, and now it's even become a part of our coverage here at CLNS where we're talking about FanDuel lines. There's no better place Especially for playoff action, then the number one sports book that's FanDuel. Visit Fanduel.com slash Boston and get a no sweat first bet of up to a thousand dollars. That's Fanduel.com slash Boston. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. 21 plus in all states. First online money rager, only $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions do apply. See full terms and service at fanduel.com sportsbook. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. If you're in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, one eight hundred helpline dot org. Call eight hundred three two seven five zero five zero for twenty four seven support. In Massachusetts,
0: All
2: right. you know what? D, when did you know your career was coming to an end?
0: Uh, when you wake up and you're like, man, I, I got to work out. I got to get. I got to get a practice two hours for twenty minutes of playing time. Like no. <laughs> Like, it gets to a point where, you know, your body just tells you that you can't play the a level. And then your mind is still fresh, you know, your mind is still sharp. But then the things that you thought you could do, you know, you couldn't do. And people are like, oh, you know, I said, man, I used to have hops. Now I just got hopes. Like, I couldn't jump anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't like, elevate like I wanted to. So, thing the
2: pumps didn't help you jump
0: higher. Not, <laughs> no, not no more. And I became like a three point shooter, you know, I, you know, during my career, I led the league in three point shooting one year, you know, so I transformed my game, um, to, to make sure that, you know, wherever my body was telling me what I couldn't do, I could still do other things at a high level. So, you know, once I got to like my 11th year, it just, you know, every day, it's like, man, you know, hour before practice, warming up to practice, to, you know, to be a, you know, at that time, you know, I was a veteran playing maybe 15, 20 minutes a game into my career, um, and that's when you know. And, and it's always good to be able to leave on your terms when you know you have, you've given everything you can give. Your body just can't do it anymore. They're not ripping the jersey off your back. You can kind of transition the way you want to transition. So I was very blessed to be able to do that. Because once I retired, literally the next day, I had an office uh, with the Orlando Magic, um, uh, being a uh, assistant to the general manager. So I was great. My transition was very easy after I retired and ran, to, ran into the front office the next day.
2: D, you know what? A couple more questions. Thank you so much, man, for the time you've given us, okay? Uh, you said you have kids. Your daughter, Lexi, plays. I remember when I was coaching uh, for the WNBA, we were scouting her. I was down in Atlanta Dream. She went to Duke or Maryland?
0: She so started off at Maryland uh, uh-huh. in sophomore year, and then uh, uh, they went to two Final Fours. So our okay. freshman Final Four, and sophomore year, Final Four. and Then uh, uh, what happened was her freshman year, Maryland was in ACC. The second year, they moved to the Big Ten, and she didn't want to play in the Big Ten. She wanted to play in ACC. She's from the South. She's like, yep. I'm a Big Ten baby. I mean, ACC baby. Uh, so the Big Ten, they're, they're traveling all over the country. She's playing like, you know, Iowa, Nebraska. They ran through through them, went 16 16 old. She's the most outstanding player. Uh, but she wanted to play in ACC. Her dreams always playing ACC, always. So her, her second choice coming out of high school was Duke. So she transferred to Duke, you know, was there two years uh, there. She's the only player in NCAA history to be a a AP All-American in two different schools. Um, Only player ever, um, men or women.
2: Um, uh, For the listeners out there, got drafted. Now she's with the LA Sparks doing a great job. Dean, you're proud of all your kids, but how proud of you of her?
0: I'm proud of her because she paved her own way. I mean, you know, she worked so hard to be, um, to be, uh, basketball player um, she wasn't the most athletic she ain't the tallest you know she's feeling you know, for for a female she's 5'9 five, 5'10 five, she can shoot the air out the ball um, she's she defensive player here in ACC her senior year I'm proud of her because her journey wasn't easy in the WBA she got drafted in the first round played for Connecticut. and didn't play a lot got traded to Minnesota played there a couple years um, then got cut and then went to Chicago won a championship in Chicago then got uh, signed as a free agent with LA, and has found a home in LA. There, um, you know. Uh, so I'm just proud of her journey that she stuck stuck with who she was, kept working. Uh, right now, she started for the Sparks, averaging like 15 points a game. Um, that I think they lost uh, last night, um, but I'm proud of her just because she paved her own way. So now we go around places, and it used to be, "Oh, Yo, D Brown's your dad." Now I go somewhere that, old like, "Oh, Lexi Brown, you know, you know, is your daughter." You know, so, you know, she, 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 she's on celebrity status right now, which I'm very proud of, And she very professional and her, 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 uh, business the right way. And that's what am more proud of, uh, of, of her
2: so far you know what really great young lady i had a chance to do our show we have a show out here after the games called slam dunk and we had her on and she's going to come on some more uh because we go into the finals but just a sharp young lady you know what great dad you have been i mean not just to her but to all your kids but uh our, our, our very articulate young lady and uh, she found a spot here because i went to the home opener and she was like i got her some tickets to one of the playoffs games so she kind of right. like went over there. Hey, Coach Cooper, it's kind of nice to see. But D, before awesome. you get out of here, Nick has something for you.
1: All right, what well, you got, Nick? A couple more lightning round ones. So Robert Parrish.
0: yes, uh, he was the angry man of the group. Like he was just, he was, he was stoic. Um, he was, he's my big brother. Him, DJ, and, and Robert was my big brother. And and
2: Robert, uh, Dave, Dave, hold up, I'm sorry, you said the angry man of the group. Ed McMahon. <laughs> Ed, Ed Maybe <McMahon.
0: laughs> uh, angry. He always, always
2: looked mad.
0: <laughs> but he wasn't. He was an angry, man. But hold on. If you know Chief, I'm sure you do all the He's the funniest dude in the world. Funny. Yeah,
2: He's
0: he he, <laughs> he so funny. And, you know, uh, he uh, he, he's the one. DJ did a lot of stuff for me on the court. Robert did a lot of stuff for me off the court. He taught me how to be professional. He said, D, you going to come to the game wearing a suit. And his, his he said, D, if you buy five suits, I'll match and buy five suits for you. So he's like, listen, you won't come to the game. You gonna dress, you know, you know, Robert always wore suits and his, his alligator shoes. He said, this is how you're going to come to games. You ain't come to games on sweatsuit, you know, team issue gear. You'll come to game in a suit. Um, so he was very good at me of understanding how, how how to present myself off the court, how to be professional, how to talk to people, how to go to a business meeting. Um, but, you know, you talk about a guy like the face, and the, you know, the chief, and. But he laughed, um, you know. He, 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 you know, he. Uh, if it, if Larry, if if Larry was 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 like two hours before, Kevin McHale was two minutes before, and teeth would kind of get there like right in between. <laughs> so, so there. You talk about. And again, you've been around, you know, so many great players. Cool, you know how great players they all have different personalities. And they wow. all, you know, Larry be mad because. Kevin would get there two minutes before practice, or not do shoot around, and Kevin would tell him like, "Do you want? I can give it to you one time a day. You want it ten o'clock? You want it seven o'clock? When do you want it?" You know, Chief, and Chief was like, "Both of y'all need to shut the hell up." <laughs> and so Chief was like the mediator. You know, Chief. Year, he he made everything calm, and you would never see that on the court because he never say anything. But in the locker room, on the plane, you know, uh, practice, he's always a guy like, kind of kept them two from knocking each other out. Doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's under discussed. People don't yeah. talk about that. Mikhail and Bird used to do this a little yeah,
0: all the time. And Chief was a guy that kind of was a guy, like I said, he was a big man. He was a guy that, you know, like, you know, oh, that's funny, you know what, you know what? And they respected <laughs> him. You know, they respected Chief. And that was the best thing that because he went about his business, he's professional. Um, you know, he came to work every day, he had his lunch pail, you know, didn't get that fanfare like everybody else did. Um, but that was always a key cog, but to me. He was more a big brother mentor to me um, than anybody uh, other than DJ in Boston um, um, because he really cared that I just, you know, cared for myself the right way. Reggie Lewis. Uh, Tough one. Gone too early. Gone too early. He was, he was the next one. Like, he was the one that was going to tear, carry the torch with the Celtics. We went through a, a phase, you know, we lost Len Bias before I got there, and then the big three retired and Reggie passed away. I was the only one left and Reggie was the guy who's probably been my backcourt mate for the next you know 15 years. Now, I never thought I was going to leave the Celtics once when, 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 when the victory retired because I knew I had Reggie, and Reggie was that guy like he was the only guy I seen Black Michaels fade away like three times in one game. He would score, yeah, you know, four times probably four times, and he would score when he wanted to. He was, you know, people look like mm-hmm. yeah, at Kevin Durant back yep. then, maybe not yep. without maybe as a little point range, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as to be able to get a shot off anytime you wanted to. Great guy, quiet. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, you know, he passed away on, on July 27th. Yep. Um, and I remember that day because I remember after he passed away, um, you know, that next year I really didn't remember my whole season because I was in a fog because it was a guy that you thought was going to be next to you that was not there. Um, and Donna and his wife, and I still keep in touch with his kids. Regina and yeah. Reggie. So I still keep in contact with them. He's
1: a ball player, isn't he? Reggie yeah, he's not,
0: he's not a bad ball player. Yeah. Uh, so
1: it's sad. He's still loved out here. So I'm in Boston, yeah, right? He's yeah, loved yeah. out here.
0: Because he, you know, Northeastern. Yep. You know, uh, Charitable. Yeah. And yeah, he had the turkey giveaway and things like that. But yep. he's a guy that, that you know, everybody always looks to the side to have a, like a running mate. Like, okay, this is going to be my guy for the next 10 years. Gonna yeah, we
1: thought that. too.
0: And it goes away. And all of a sudden you're left to be in the man. And I wasn't prepared to be the man. You know, I was a nineteenth pick in the draft. Like yeah. you know, all the Celtics legends, you know, you know, Bird and Parrish and you know, all the the legends down the road from Heinz and the Kuzia to Havacek and now D Brown. Like um, so I, I, I miss him every day. Um, you know, it's it's tough to when I see thirty five run around anywhere, I always think about him. Um but, uh, definitely a person that was going too early who could have definitely, you know, changed the landscape of the nineties for the Boston Celtics for sure.
1: Oh, this is my last thing. I just want to thank you because when shit went bad, you kept us with dignity and pride and made us never embarrassed in those late nineties, you know, in the mid late nineties, like you Mm -hmm. really handled yourself like a Celtic and not a lot of people did back then. So it means a lot (laughs) to us legacy fans.
0: It was lean times. <laughs> yeah, it was. Once everybody, you know, retired and passed away, and we had a transitional coaches and players coming in, and, uh, you know, were you yeah. there when Patino was there? Which one? You weren't yeah. there when Patino. Yeah, he's really? one of traded me.
1: He traded you. Didn't he to Toronto, yeah. right? Yeah, had no, hour. That
0: dickhead. That's another, that's another, that's another story. Yeah. No, <laughs> tell
2: it. Go ahead. No. No. no, really. no. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. Dave <laughs> Dean, we're going to have you on another time, man. Definitely. Uh, tell that story. But listen, thank you so much. Uh, listeners, you heard it here. So if you are a better... Go to fan duel and that because you heard D Brown say that, that the Celtics are gonna be the first team yeah. out of 150 teams <laughs> to come back and win being after being down 03 and come back and win a series. Oh I'm God, calling God. bullshit because that's the name of the show. Coop. <laughs> <laughs> Showtime with yeah. But D said it here, D, thank you so much, man. Thank you, appreciate Dee. you, love you, dude. And thank, uh, thank you. you know what, D? If they come back and win this, I'm going to oh, have to brilliant. buy you something. But I'm, I'm not a believer yet. Okay. not a believer, but I'll, if they I'll, do, I'll you are something special. I appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. Take thank you, care, D. my D. man. Thank you, man.
1: Showtime with Coop is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network sign up at fanduel.com boston new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus switch back if your first bet doesn't
2: win